Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. And we are missing Seth Kamens. No clue where he is this afternoon. But hopefully he'll join us momentarily. Uh, A week from now, supposedly, is the first team sport that will start up uh, this weekend. The TVT, the, the, uh, the basketball league. The basketball tournament, I believe it's called, TBT, which has lots of alumni in there. Syracuse has their own team called Bayheim's Army. They will, uh, they will be on next week, actually, July 7th. Bayheim's Army plays at just about this time, 4 o'clock Eastern. And it'll be nice to have some form of sports. I'm not exactly sure how much we're going to get this summer or fall, or winter, and we keep coming back to the exact same thing as to how many COVID cases will it take to cancel a season? And we're going through this in both baseball and in basketball and in football. We've already had more and more people bowing out of the various sports. For example, in basketball this week, Spencer Dinwiddie of the, New- of the Brooklyn Nets and DeAndre Jordan both stated that they had contracted COVID-19. And then in baseball, we have other people that have bowed out, including Ryan Zimmerman of the Washington Nationals, Mike Leak, who I believe is on the Diamondbacks right now, have both stated that it's just not worth it. Last week, Trevor Ariza decided not to play in that he was not going to be three months without his family. So we have all these players that are taking into account other things besides playing ball. And they're not rookies. I'd be very surprised if you saw a rookie that bowed out or you saw somebody of that ilk bow out. But we are having some players, such as, as I said, Mike Leak and Ryan Zimmerman, and John Ross, who have all stated that they are not going to be playing. And it looks like we have Seth Kamen's on the line, along with a caller. Or is that just two of Seth Kamen's? No, it should just be uh-huh. me. I think there's only one. I'm one of a kind, man. No, we have a, we have a caller. Okay. Yes, you do. Hi, how are you doing? Good What's evening, Joe. Uh, the name is Lou from New Jersey. I've heard about this show, but um, uh, it's my, I think I'm a first-time caller here. But I've heard I've heard about this show for quite a while. Fantastic! Nice to have you, Lou. What can we do for Thank you? Thank you. All right. You know, I don't get. It. They go through all that time 
trying to get a deal like, you know, they want to play and whatnot, and now you got players backing out. You should have thought of that before you made the deal. Now all of a sudden, oh, well, this doesn't seem right for me. I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to figure it out that we are in the middle of whatever you want to call it, a health crisis, a pandemic, World War Three, or whatever. You should have thought about that before, um, you know, that the, the agreement was made. Okay, so my assumption is you're talking about the baseball deal rather than any All of the together, other sports that every sport, ba- baseball, basketball, kayaking, whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, every sport, no, that's fine, every, and we appreciate you calling us, but every single sport has given the exact same guidance, that if individual players do not want to play, they can forfeit their money and not play. Baseball, basketball, football, every single one of them, because you cannot force somebody in the same manner, sir, that if they wanted to just not play a regular season, they could do that. They could sit out any regular season for any one of a number of reasons. The only thing that they forfeit is their pay, and that's exactly what they're doing. These guys are not getting paid to sit out. The Kevin Durant's of the world who are injured are – but you're not, Spencer Dinwiddie has COVID. I mean, you're not going to have this guy play. You're not going to have DeAndre Jordan play. You're not going to have Jabari Parker, who Illnesses also contracted the disease. Okay, so, so who are you complaining about? You're complaining about Ryan Zimmerman, who has right. a three-month-old at home. His mother has multiple sclerosis, and he oh. doesn't want to be away from either one of those two people for three months if he is going to the ballpark every day. I can understand it's a family emergencies and whatnot, but if you're just not playing because, oh, I don't know if I want to play a 60-game season, I don't think it's worth it. Like, that's, you know, that's just being that's just being ridiculous. I understand. Well, they're not you know, getting paid for it. Hold on a second, but you can you cannot go to work for anyone. I don't know what you do, sir, but if you don't want to go to work, you don't have to go to work. You just don't get paid. Why is it any different for these guys? Well, I mean, this is their livelihood, but for the most part. I mean, they play, it's, they get the big money, and, you know, they want to give it up. Well, unless, well, unless it's an extreme emergency. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that Seth, unless if I absolutely have to. Seth, what are your thoughts here? Because I think you're, I think you're siding with me on this one, right? I am. They have, you know, look, just like Mike's staff has the right to not come into the office and not get paid, they have the same right. Yeah, and I and Lou, and Lou, we appreciate you calling. We we have to move on, but we appreciate you calling. But yeah, Seth, you're absolutely right. Continue on, please. No, it, it's a very simple. It, it's very simple. If somebody to say someone want you know values their health over a paycheck, who am I to say that they shouldn't? They shouldn't. Exactly, um, and the fact that, I, and the fact you know, that they get now, paid big bucks, the fact that they get paid big, paid big bucks is irrelevant to this conversation. And maybe Ryan Zimmerman didn't vote for this. Remember, the vote wasn't unanimous by any means in any sport. So maybe they didn't vote for it. In basketball, there wasn't even a player vote. It was just by the executive committee. So to say that... I mean, think about Ryan Zimmerman, Ryan Zimmerman's been playing for 16 years. Right. Yep. 15 years. He's accumulated. Now, yeah. again, I have no idea what he's worth. 
but he's accumulated from a salary perspective hundreds of millions of dollars. He's won a championship. If he decides that, you know what, it is not worth it to me to take a chance at this point in my career, then that's a decision that's a decision to be understood and respected. Well now the trade off may be he may never come back. Right. And that's the thing, Seth. I when Mike Leake, and Mike Leake was the eighth pick overall, eighth or ninth pick by the Cincinnati Reds, was traded to from the Reds to the Giants. Giants uh, yeah, he's been, a, he's been a journey. I, yeah, a bit but he's a been a journeyman, but he's also been a very well-paid journey. He's been a very well-paid journeyman pitcher because he signed a multi-million deal with a million-dollar deal with the Cardinals. So I went back. And when he said, I don't want to play, and he was the first one to say it, I actually went back to see how much money he had made. And as you said, Seth, it doesn't really matter how much money he makes, right? It doesn't. It's his own personal decision. But my response was, how much is he giving up compared to how much has the man earned? That's what I was trying to figure it out. So Mike Leake has earned about $80 million in his career. <laughs> right. He's giving yeah. up about 14. So he's giving up what? That's like one. He's giving up 20% of his salary for his career. But 20% for him is a lot different than you and me. And yeah. I'll tell you right now, if you told me I have the possibility of going to I, I am required to go to an office. I am required to go to an office where there is a high likelihood that there will be somebody that contracts COVID in the next three months. And in exchange, you will have to give up 20% of your salary. I will tell you right now, I might give up 20% of my salary. Hey. To me, to me, it's, it's not a, a no-brainer one way or another. It's all, everything about this disease is personal preference. Everything about this disease, and when people, when people ask me what I do for a living, I assess risk. Everything about this disease is how much risk you personally are willing to take on because nobody has the answers, and nobody will for a while. So... I don't, you're not going to see rookies doing this. And that's what I started with. You're, you're not, not going to see guys. You're not going to see the, the 53rd guy on an NFL team doing this either. The guy, right. I think in different sports, you have different longevities. And so the priorities are a little bit different. You know, think about it. The average NFL player plays, what, three years, four years? Yeah. And they're not making 8 to $10 million a year, the average player. Now, the That's average right. basketball player, baseball player, I believe, have a longer lifeline. Plus, they can play in Europe, or it should be NBA especially. They can play overseas in other leagues. Football doesn't really have that option. So, and as we talked about, as I heard from a pretty reliable source, and I don't really talk about this kind of thing very often, the NFL, of all the sports, which and I told you about this, does not have, and you're familiar with this more than I do as an attorney, does not have the force majeure provision in their CBA. Correct. Correct. Which means they 
have to play or none of them get paid. So that's why there's no, 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 Seth, Seth, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. They have to play because they will get paid. Well, they'll only get paid if they play. No. That's what I said. What what am I missing No. No, you're wrong. It's 100% in the other direction. They get paid whether they play or not. Ah, a force, okay. ma- a force majeure clause, ladies and gentlemen, allows a company, a side of a contract, or both sides of a contract, in the event of certain instances, generally those instances include, but are not limited to, earthquakes, rioting, terrorism. Some of them have <laughs> pandemic in it. I mean, look, I'm bringing out my legal words, but they're, they're all the same. But the fact is, if you have that clause in the contract, the parties are excused by poor performance if those things occur. If you do not have a clause in that contract, you are not excused by performance. So the performance of the owners in the NFL contract is they have to pay. Whether or not they're against, oh, then maybe, then maybe, then maybe I have it reversed that the NFL is the one key sport that does not have it. Correct. And my understanding, my understanding was the was the players have the raw end of the deal in regards to this provision in the NFL, but in no other. No, sport. it's the other way around. No, it's the other way around. Okay, and I was told. So then the NFL is going to look at That's why the NFL has consistently said we are going to play. Because they have to pay their players. Hold on a second. I'm looking this up. But How would that even work? Force majeure. What do you mean? What do you mean? How does that work? They don't have guaranteed contracts. They do have guaranteed bonuses. Based typically on hitting certain criteria, which if the games are not played, they will not hit. There is no force majeure. Other than signing book. The cap dip will never. Okay. All right. Games played with no fans. Cap dip. So that will be for. So the cap is the cap. Okay. The cap is set the year before in the NFL. Right, so it's based on last year's revenues. So, Seth, you're right in that this year, those players are going to get paid. Next year, that cap could dip seventy million dollars. Do you get it How now? Well, that's kind of why there would have to be some provision between the NFLPA and the NFL, because right now, every team but three would be over that cap limit. And I think there are some teams that only have like 30 players on their roster and they're still over, would be over that cap. So, to your point, there is no force majeure clause in the NFL contract. What does that mean? That means this year, all salaries are to be paid. 
You want to know why Dak Prescott signed his tender? Dak Prescott signed his tender because he's guaranteed $31 million. If the NFL tomorrow, if Dak Prescott had not signed his tender and the NFL tomorrow said, you know what, we're not playing this year, Dallas withdraws the tender. They don't owe him any money. And he can't get it anywhere else. You want to know why Cam Newton signed for $1.5 million? Well, first of all, there were no other options. But second of all, he gets something right now. So that's what that means, Seth. That's, that means this year everybody gets paid. Next year is a much bigger issue. So what will happen is the NFLPA and the NFL, if there are no games this year, will come to an understanding, much like the NBA is doing in smoothing the cap. That's why the NBA needed an agreement before they would play. And they got it. I knew there was a reason I kept you around. I need you to explain these big words to me. (laughs) What, salary cap or force majeure? Force majeure. Salary cap. I hope you never... I hope you never have to deal with it, my friend. A force majeure clause is really, I will tell you, in, in my line of business and those that know me know I am in the software business and we have done mul- multiple meetings this year that have had to be canceled because of COVID, but the hospitality business has been ruined because of a force majeure clause. Because any time, so if you, let's imagine you had a wedding in Florida and you lived in New York and the wedding was scheduled for <laughs> May 7th of this. No, no, no. Let's not, no, no. No, because by November, you'll be able to travel. Let's say no, by, on May 7th, where all the restrictions were being made, right? You couldn't go into certain places. You couldn't get out of certain places. You couldn't travel at all. That would be a force majeure clause. And people that were having weddings rescheduled from May were saying, give me my money back. And the hotel industry was saying, well, we'll credit you the, we'll credit you the amount of money that you spent towards, a net, towards another date. And I had a couple of couples come up to me and say, I don't want to reschedule because I don't know what date it is. And I looked at their contracts, and every single one of them had a force majeure clause in it. It's not a clause that is usually invoked. But when you get to COVID-19, get used to it. (laughs) That's kind of what the hospitality industry is all about right now, is force majeure clause. But anyway, so so to lose point, yes, they signed a deal. Yes, these... These unions sign deals, but not every player signed the deal, and every player is entitled to their own risk tolerance, correct? Yep. Okay, so let, so I, I'm surprised by something that you, you said to me this morning, that you were, you were entertaining, entering, or, or participating in the Bate Isles 
Now, I get that you participated in the fantasy or theori- theoretical fantasy all-time. football league. Yeah, the, the all-time roster. You in a baseball league is a little surprising to me. Explain to me what's going on. Remember, I wa- I'm a historian. And it's, key, it's players drafted from 1947 going forward. And I'm not really interested in the ranking, how I end up in ranking. Um, to me, if there's no way, there's no real way you can weigh who has the best team. Because if you're going to use it by, like we did with football, football reference, or you're going to use it by war, well, all anyone needs to do is look up people's wars and you can figure out the right deck. There's really no right way to do it. But for me, I'm kind of, look, I, I'm getting, I have no sports other than, other than British soccer right now. Um, I'm getting, I find, I find it interesting I enjoy it for what it is. I just don't take it too seriously. Well, you're also, uh, you, you missed the first couple of minutes of the show. The basketball tournament, which has all, with all the alumni, starts, the TBT. Uh, I'm not familiar, the TBT starts this weekend. Yeah, I never watch it. It's never really been my thing. I mean, yes, maybe I'll watch it now. now because of a lack of <laughs> Will I? Yeah, you will. You will. First of all, Syracuse plays next Tuesday, so right before our next show at four o'clock, Syracuse plays. So I'm I'm very I'm I'm already marking it on my calendar. And then if we win, we play the following Saturday. So yes, I'm in. I, I'm actually uh, very interested in this because I just need. I, I don't know about you. I just need something. But let's get back to let's get back to your baseball team. How are you going to build it? You told me I how you would build your idea. Well, well, you told me how we went through how you build your football team, right? You said I'm not going to take a quarterback until round thirty because there are so many quarterbacks. But I did. So, 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 have you given it any thought as to position-wise where you need to go? You don't. You also don't know your your spot in the draft yet, correct? Correct. Okay, so so here, just thinking off the top of my head, I positional scarcity is is right. much more important in baseball than it is in any other sport. I agree. So I think All you're right. looking at catcher, second, and third. Yes. I think you're looking at those positions. I mean, look, it, it may mean I don't get Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle, but if I get Mike Schmidt, that may be more, you know, that may be more valuable for our purposes. Right. And that's why I find... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's also why I'm not sure if this makes any sense, because I can literally Google war, you know, third baseman, you know, and see what the level is. You know, Schmidt, Brett, I don't know where A Rod falls into this. You know, second baseman. I don't even know who the heck I would go with. I started after forty-seven. I'd have to think about it. In catcher, there's a few. But you know, yeah. So, 
So there are less third basemen than any other position in the Hall of Fame. But that doesn't Agreed. necessarily mean that, that doesn't necessarily – thank you. That's a fact. I'm glad we both agree on it. Yeah. But, but that it doesn't necessarily mean – not subjective. <laughs> that does not necessarily mean that there are third basemen out there that would not form a very good part of your infield, including guys like Greg Nettles, who probably should be in the Hall of Fame, but, but are not. And if you're looking for a second baseman that is not in the Hall of Fame but ha- would probably – and I have not looked this up on baseball reference at Bobby, all. Bobby Gritch. Bobby Gritch. Bobby Gritch, exactly. See, we, we, we think alike. But Bobby Gritch. Like, there are definitely guys that would make those – and my catcher, unfor- well, fortunately or unfortunately, that I was going to pony up on you, just made the Hall of Fame in Ted Simmons. So there are definitely guys that in those three positions that are probably better than some of those that are in the Hall of Fame but do not get the same respect. And Minnie Minosa would be another one, although I think he just hit that 1947-type barrier. But I wonder how Nabate, Mr. Isles, is going to play the Negro League card where Roy Campanella, who didn't come in until 19, I think it was 1951, but certainly was playing well before that, but was playing well before that, as was Jackie Robinson playing well before that in the Negro League, how that's going to play out. Because some of those guys would certainly be on a team, and Campanello might be the best catcher there is. Oh, probably in my, in my mind, he's probably the best catcher of all time. So I mean, he would have been—he'd be someone high, timber bench one or two. And you know, except that Campanello unfortunately got into the car accident in his late twenties and ended up paralyzed. Um, who knows? I haven't given a lot of thought of it. It's not for another 10 days. Um, I told you I ended up doing relatively well in the NFL draft. I ended up in fifth out of 20. Which, considering I had 21 Hall of Famers out of 24 positions, I mean, the only one I didn't get, the only ones that were not Hall of Famers were Todd Christensen was my tight end. Marshawn Lynch may end up in the Hall of Fame. And um, Matt Ryan is my quarterback. And I took him over two Hall of Famers, uh, Jim Kelly and Bob Greasy. So, um, you know, I don't know. I'm doing it just for more for shits and giggles, for lack of a better term. It's not, you know, I told you, know, I told him, look, I'm going into July 15th deadline. I may drop a couple picks. I'm fine with it. Such is life. Do you? Let, let me ask you something. If I told you that Roy Campanella got paralyzed when he was 36, would that change your opinion? Yeah, I didn't think he was that old when, when he got paralyzed. So he was paralyzed in 1958, and he was born in 1921. So if my math works, that's 37 years old. That does now, surprise me. Now, to be fair, at 36, I'm trying to look up his stats. Um, 
Why do they not have statistics on this? Um, I believe he was an all-star in, 1930, in 1957. So it's not like he was, he was actually the MVP in 55. So it's not as 55. if he didn't. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not as if he didn't do well. He just, like I said, he had the automobile accident a little bit later than what you might have thought. So it, it's possible, right? I mean, I mean, my take is, yes, a great player, but catchers kind of break down around the age of 34, maybe even earlier than that. And here you have Campy. Yes, he got injured, and that's quite unfortunate. But he also got injured not at 29, but closer to his 36th birthday. In his, in his last season at 35 years old, he played 103 games, had 13 home runs and 62 RBIs, and batted 242, my friend. And the year before, okay, so he batted he 219. And the year before, he batted 219. Okay. So he was at the end. Uh, look, we, we, we love the story, but he was at the end of his run, right? I mean, one would now, think, based on those last two years. Does war typically include – the, the problem with war the Negro leagues is they didn't keep statistics. They didn't keep particularly accurate Correct. statistics. So Correct. I don't know how that comes into play. Well, and I think that's, that's a question you have to ask – is, first of all, can I take Jackie Robinson seeing that he was playing before 1947? And number two, how... I thought 47 was his rookie year. It was, but he was definitely drafted before that. You said drafted before 47. He was certainly... He played the year before in Montreal in 46. He was in Montreal, So he was definitely signed before 1947. And... In that realm, with that in mind, do statistics count before 1940? Do, do if he's in the Negro Leagues, say Monty Irvin, who I believe came in in 1951, but played in the Negro Leagues between 47 and for 51. Ten years, yeah, for many years. Right. Do those that. stat do those stats count? And Minnie Minosa is another guy. I mean, I can I can rattle off a hundred Negro League players that played in that era that whether those stats count or not. And quite frankly, if, if they do, then I would suggest picking Josh Gibson as your catcher. Except he was um, before 1947. That's the problem, yeah. Uh, if I had an all-time right, yeah. team, Josh Gibson would probably be my catcher. But I mean, you, again, know, you, know my stra- you know my strategy when it would ever come to this. I'm starting with a pitching staff. It's always been a pitching staff because if you can't hit the ball, you can't win. And so if, if you had – so let's, then let's play that out a little bit. You have the first okay. pick of a pitcher. The first pick of a pitcher in – you're the first pick in the draft. Okay. Wow. Okay, 1947 going forward. First pick in the draft. Admittedly, I would take William. I would probably. I had the first pick in the draft. Okay. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't take an outfielder. I think the scarcity is there. 
if if I had to take a player, I mean, look, it's a guy that I despise more than anything in the world, but I'd probably pick Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens is the best pitcher since 1947. Soup to nuts. Best pitcher since 1947. I mean, there's an argument that Seaver's in there and that Spawn's in there and that Maddox is in there and maybe even Randy Johnson's in there. Randy Johnson. But sure. But soup but soup to nuts. I I think Clemens is the best pitcher since 1947. So you may go Mays, and I'd say, well, there are uh, uh, there aren't a dime a dozen Willie Mayses, but if no, I could get Henry, the difference between the difference between Henry Aaron and Willie Mays, or let's take the difference between Stan Musial and Willie Mays. Musial and the right, but Musial Musial can't be drafted. Musial right, can't be drafted before the forties. Okay, so let's say. Yep. So the top ten, the difference between Mike Trout and Willie Mays, right? I mean, there you go. The difference between Mike Trout or Henry Aaron or Barry Bonds, or I just think that there are a plethora of outfielders. You think you think and there, are, there are well, you're talking. You think you're talking that you think there's going to be a significant difference between Randy Johnson and Tom Seaver and in Roger Clemens. So I don't put I don't put Randy Johnson in that in that category. Randy Randy okay. Johnson's walks get, Randy Johnson's fine. walks were not there. Okay, so fine. so Seaver on Seaver Steve Carlton Pedro Martinez yeah. whatever, whatever your top five is whatever you, you think okay. that that's that's fair. significant of the difference. No, you're probably right. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it. You're probably right. The difference. I think you have a top three outfielders and you have, if you can get Aaron Mays or Bonds, I think you're, you're, you're in the right spectrum there because yep. although Mike Trout will be there and he will, he's not there today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you a guy that probably will get underappreciated is Albert Pujols. Uh, yep, I was thinking way, about that because there's not a gr- there's not a great number of first basemen, actually. And think about it. Well, well, I will, and I think that uh, again, it depends on how this is scored. But I would bet that Keith Hernandez is actually pretty high up on that list if it's done by if defense counts. So, I mean, you're looking at it holistically with with offense and defense. And if you're looking at first baseman, so so let's go through this. You got Cepeda, you got McCovey. Um, the Dodgers have Garvey in there. Um, you're right, Pujols. I'm trying to think. Uh, first of all, Frank Robinson needs to be in the discussion of, of outfielders. Um, oh, since I totally forgot yeah. him. Yeah. A uh, Harmon Killebrew is either a, no Harmon Killebrew is either a first baseman or a third baseman, depending on how you want to score it. Um, but he is definitely I think in of there. Him as a DH. I think of him more as a Killebrew. I don't think of him as a third baseman. Killebrew is a first Killebrew baseman or an outfielder. I would say. Okay, well then there's another first baseman. 
I'm just, I'm just rattling off first baseman yeah, here, right? So, none, of, none of these guys, to me, are at the same level as a Pujols. No. Agreed. Agre- Look, there is, there is, I believe, three players in history that have 3,000 hits, 600 home runs, and have batted 300. And he's one of them. So, I mean, how many guys can you put in that category as a Pujols? You got three. <laughs> I mean, there aren't that many. So, uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking, if you if you want a guy uh, a guy that's probably under the radar as a first baseman, you look at Ted Klasinski, or even Miguel, Miguel Cabrera, or Ra- Rafi Palmero, or Rafi Palmero. Yeah, three thousand hits. Yeah, all these guys. Yeah, I would definitely look at the steroid guys because oh, yeah. they're going to have major. They're going to have Mark McGuire, right? They're going to have major numbers, and they're going to get overlooked because of that. And, again, is it, is, is it a team that I'd want? No, because I already told you I hate Clemens more than probably any player in baseball history. But if I'm starting a team and I can grab him, if I'm playing Stratomatic and I can grab him, yeah, I'm picking Roger Clemens. Look, if I'm starting a team of guys that I want on my team, I'm starting it with Greg Maddox. But Greg Maddox isn't better than Roger Clemens, at least not to me. And that's what makes this fun, right? I mean, as you said, Seth, there is no way to say, there's no way to say who's going to be better and who's going to be worse over the long haul. War was created as a wins above replacement as a way to have this discussion, but war is not the end-all, be-all by any stretch. No. To me, you know, I mean, you to you, this was more serious. And to me, it's just fun. You know, it's, there's no Olympics, there's no tennis, there's no sports, any minimum for three weeks. And I, you know, I agree with you. I don't. We, I like we've agreed that we don't think anything's going to be played. Um, you know what? It's not something. Is it something that I take overwhelmingly seriously? No, but to me, it's just fun. And look, well, if I get ranked third or fourth or tenth, who cares? Well, that is the complete difference the in strategy. our personalities as well. Yes. Well, that's a, diff- that's a complete difference in our personalities. And by the way, if you want a second baseman, look no further than the turbulent one, Jeff Kent. who won an MVP and has the most home runs ever for a second baseman. Or Ryan Sandberg can I call him or the, can Robbie. I call him the, can, I, can I call him the turbulent one? You can. I, use that as I love nickname? that. The turbulent one, right along with the war machine, which is going to be uh, Mike Trout's new nickname. So, yeah, I mean, look, there are, there are definitely fun things to do while this is all going on and – the unfortunate part is we're, I mean, we keep seeing more and more cases of, of COVID occurring. We see more and more people dropping out of sports. And you kind of get to the point of how much is going to be enough for the commissioners to say, we're just not going to do it today. And I'm not really sure, Seth, what that, first of all, what that beeping is, but I'm also not... What is that? Be in the car. Oh. 
It's is it parking the car for you? I guess it is. Well, yeah, but, it's um, me parking the car. So, so what do you think? What what would be what would be Rob Manafred or if you're Adam Silver or you're even Roger Goodell? What is the point of no return? When do you eventually say? Look, we've had these cases. We've had shutdowns. When is the? When do you just pull the plug? You and um, I both believe that it's going to happen. So what? What? What is it? LeBron James getting it? I mean, I think it's someone ending up. Thousand, I think it's. I think it's someone ending up in the hospital with it. Because I think that will be. Because a lot of this is while people take it seriously they're still quote-unquote indestructible because they're in such great shape, and which yeah. they are. But at some point, someone is going to end up in the hospital with this, and that's going to be it. Because nobody's going to want to play at that point. Yeah, I, I agree. I what, what do you... What 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 do you t- what's your take on Tom Brady basically giving the old fu to Roger Goodell? Because what? because the NFLPA and the NFL have continually said we don't want people practicing outside of the of of we don't want people practicing together until training camp starts. We'd like to keep social distancing if you want to train that's fine, train on your own, but please don't train as a group. And Tom Brady basically just keeps thumbing his nose at everybody and getting people together. I mean, I, I, there has to be a social conscience here, and I'm trying to get where he's coming from. And then I, I want to ask you your opinion on Cam Newton and the signing um, there, and, and then, we, then we can sign off. I mean – He's Tom Brady. He's going to do what he wants to do and pretty much put the impetus on, on, on put the onus on the owner, the most unpopular owner. Well, I guess not the most unpopular owner, but one of the most In unpopular the owners of all time. <laughs> one of the most unpopular owners of all time to go after the most popular, most, probably the most popular football player of all time on this. That's pretty much what he's yeah. saying. And yeah, yeah, they're not going to do, and he's not going to do it, and, uh, and Goodell's not going to do a damn thing. So, look, we've always known it's always been there's one set of rules for the superstars and one set of rules for everyone else. That's true. That's true. And this doesn't change anything. Okay, Cam, Cam Newton, quickly, because I know you got to go, deal. and we're 45 minutes. Great deal. For Great who? deal for New. Great deal for New England. Great deal really for both sides. Um, look, I'm sure Newton would have liked to have gotten more money, but the reality is it's a one-year prove-it deal with a place where he could end up becoming the starter. And if he does, then he'll make his money next year. And if he does well in New England and stays there, now I'm not sure if him and Belichick are the right fit or not. I have no clue. But got a better chance to start there than probably 27 other teams. And for, 
and it automatically brings back, you know, brings New England to a different tier than they would be than they would be under under uh, Stephen. Now again, I don't know if he wins out if he wins it or not. I assume he will. He'll win out the starting job, but I don't. You know, I don't know that. But a million five for for Cam Newton. Because look, if he hits if he hits his whatever it is his all his bonuses to make seven point five, then pretty much he's been a starting quarterback. And if you have Cam Newton as your starting quarterback for seven million dollars, you know, and a one year prove it deal where he's going to be motivated to tell. Assuming he's healthy, this is a hell of a deal I think for New England. I agree. I agree. And and so we got five minutes left. So I'll go first. The number one thing, and I, I'm sure this won't take five minutes. Lost amongst all this, lost amongst all the major sports that we've had, is the minor league sports. And today, what happened was expected, but it still happened: the cancellation of minor league baseball for the entire year. Uh, the major league baseball teams said we are not going to provide you guys players. Well, without players, they are not going to play. Not that they were going to anyway. Because unlike Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, I think it's 60 to 70% of their revenue comes from fans entering the game. Uh, they don't have the Major League Baseball contract, baseball TV contract. So they rely on you and me and, and fans coming in and supporting them, and that's just not happening. Um, I will tell you right now, I am more inclined next year to go back to a minor league game than I certainly am to go to a major league game if I have the choice. Um, Minor league baseball has been a fabric of this society for as long as I can remember. And uh, I remember growing up with the Tidewater Tides and the Lynchburg Lynchburg Mets, who were the minor league farm clubs of the Mets, and watching prospects move up the system. it is a downright shame that these guys who are earning $400 a week, that's what they earn, sometimes $400 a month for some of these guys are going to be deprived of this season and their work. They don't get a choice in this matter. They are being told they cannot work. So to Lou, who, who is saying to the guys like Mike Leake, who are choosing to stay home, you have thousands of players that wish that they can play. And unfortunately, they are not being told to stay home. They are being told they don't have a place to play. I don't think there's too much I could really follow up with better than that. So I'll probably I'll just leave <laughs> it as is. Um, Fair enough. It'll be a it'll be a weird fourth. Um, yeah. You know, typically it's Wimbledon time. It's the Nathan's hot dog time. You know, right now it's find the people you can hang out with and enjoy yourself. You know, it's difficult to say, and it's difficult, you know, to to say, but you got to find, you know, the reality is this is a, this is survival mode right now. And if you can find a place for people, you can spend a couple of hours with, you know, during a time, which is usually of such happiness in this country, you know, I wish you luck in doing so. So we are, we are not going to be on blog talk next week. Uh, hopefully we'll be sure? somewhere. Are you no, sure? No, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure at all that we. I, the, the goal I, is, I spoke. I spoke to Randy today, and yeah. I said, "Are we? Can I finally, after eight years, stop paying for blog talk?" And he said, "No, I need more time." 
So, <laughs> so we might be on blog talk next week. Okay, we will figure that part out and let you guys know. Um, for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, and we'll say Blog Talk Radio for right now. Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Most important part of this of this ending is, guys, be safe. Wear your masks if you have them, and if you don't have them, go get one. We're in it for the long haul here. We'll be here with you throughout. But uh, enjoy your holiday weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Just be safe. Have, Have a good, good one, one, everybody. Bye.